Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, this Go series is stretching for me. For some reason, we're going into this season that is stretching all of us, but it's the season of what um, Jesus is doing, what he's up to. I have to say, first of all, I want to thank those people who came out yesterday and did the spruce up of the yard work. If you just give them a big round of applause. Thank you guys for doing that and uh, loving on this uh, building, which is God's building. And uh, I love that people love to look after it. If you are here and you just want to show up and you want to tinker in the flower beds and the gardens, please feel free to just show up and, and make the place beautiful. Well, I just... Oh, before I say that, though, please just don't all of a sudden make a bunch of new flower beds in the middle of lawns somewhere. You told us to come make places beautiful. Just check ahead of time, and then we'll talk about it. Well, I have a confession to make, and um, I'm a little nervous to share it um, because I have a feeling you're going to judge me. Um, but remember, we are in a judgment-free zone. You know, the Bible says the way that we judge others the way we're going to be judged, so don't judge me. So I kind of like Barbie movies. See, you're already judging, and and I'll tell you why. Now, my daughter is older now, and, and she's not into Barbies, but we had a few Barbie movies in the day, and, and I kind of like them, and the reason being is because there's always a great story of of the villain, but then you get the hero, and then everything works out in the end, and it was just, you know, but there's a lot of tension in it, but it's not too gory or too graphic. It was just, it always left me feeling happy watching a Barbie movie. So I like Barbie movies. But there's this one time that I, there was an image that just kind of like so stuck with me, and I, and I wish I could even remember which Barbie movie it is, because I would save the clip. But I'm going to explain it to you. There was a time where they showed this picture of this um, castle and this community around the castle. And at the time, there was uh, must have been an evil ruler. I, I don't remember who that ruler was, but I do remember the, the visual of this old stone community. You know, you have the picture where the castle's in the middle and all the peasants were living around side, the bottom of the, the hill behind stone walls, and then there's a sea with ships out there. Well, in this one time, there is, there's just people in brown uh, sackcloth clothes, and they're walking around all gloomy down the cobblestone streets. The, the awnings are all tattered and, and no color left in them. All the trees that once were thriving are dead, and there's no... It's just a gray, bleak-looking place, and it looks depressing. But in the change of the story, there, there becomes a new king, and all of a sudden, there becomes life in this. And the image they give you is the, the flowers just start blooming out of the flower boxes. The city is built back together, put back together. There are awnings, which are bright colors coming off the shops, and there's commerce going on, and, and laughter, and kids skipping down the cobblestone streets. And there's whistling, and all of a sudden, there is just this vibrant city that was once again and and it's and it's and it's this thriving place and so this image of this gray dreary place and this image of this thriving city all was because of who was 
king at the time. And it so struck me that realizing that when we choose to make Jesus our king, that's the difference for our life. You see, when we start living for ourselves, we were never designed to live for ourselves. And when we do, we find ourselves getting selfish and, and we will quickly move into patterns of self-destruction just because our own selfishness and selfishness leads to those things that actually rob life from us instead of give life to us. But when we make Jesus king, all of a sudden things begin to flourish in our lives, that joy gets to be returned to our lives and, and we live in this greater senses of freedom and hope and joy. The tale of two cities. And what we found at this moment is, is, is I found in this story that all of a sudden something popped inside of me and says, that is exactly what happens when we give our life to Jesus. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard times, but it means that, that he is the rock of which when we build ourselves, our life begins to flourish and we can get through even those hard times. And I think that's why this series, Go, is so important. Because we get found, we give our life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, we, we all of a sudden get really content to say, well, I'm chasing after Jesus, and I go to church, and I've got my private life with Jesus, but it's Jesus and me and, or my, and my church family. But in reality is we're leaving out so many people of this life that they could flourish in. So the first week of Go, we talked about going to our neighbor. The Bible is clear about that. We take this whole passage. Let's start on the groundwork, though. We started with Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all the world, preach the good news or the gospel. And the good news or the gospel is what Jesus has done for us, going to the cross, rising again, that when we give our life to him, that, that the old is gone and the new has come. We're new creations. First week, go to your neighbors. Second week, we talk about go to the nations. Go to the nations. That Some of you will be called to go to other nations to bring Jesus there. Last week, we talked about going to the lost and to the least. And today, we're going to be talking about going into your workplace and going into your schools. How many people are in school? Raise your hand right now. All right. This message is for you. How many people are still working? Who are still working? All right. How many people are retired? Raise your hands. A few of you. How's that going for you? You go doing a lot of golfing? Well, just so you know, this message is also for you, for you retire folks, but there is a time for, do you go grocery shopping? Do you go out in public? <laughs> All right. Well, it is going to be focused on about going to your schools and going to your workplace today. And we're going to realize that, that Jesus wants to go to those places. But for so many times, I think we've got, we, we bought the lie that we're supposed to have this, you've heard this thing, separation of church and state? I think what we've done is we've even taken it further and we said, well, well, separation between church and the rest of my life. Or church and public life, I would say. Church and public life. See, I think we're okay going to church. I think we're okay in our private devotional life. But I, I think we all of a sudden get super shy and all, we get kind of insular when we go into our public life. I want to read you a quote from John Stott. It says this, We are to go as he went, meaning Jesus. We're to go as he went. 
to penetrate human society, to mix with unbelievers and fraternize with sinners. Does not one of the church's greatest failures lie here? We have disengaged too much. We have become withdrawn, become a withdrawn community. We have become aloof instead of alongside. Now, I know they're not talking, John Stott's not talking about our church. He's not talking about you. But maybe there's some truth in that for us. Maybe we've gotten comfortable in our relationship with the Lord and maybe we realize that there are so many people, though, that, that want and need Jesus, but we are the ones to bring Jesus to them. Well, here's a thought, though. I wonder if we have to be good news to share the good news. Think about that for a moment. That we have to be good news before we can share the good news. Because I think when we go out of these walls and, and if we're bad news, in other words, we're kind of the first ones to gossip, we're the first ones to be negative, we're the first ones to cheat, we're the first ones to, you know, not give our best effort at work, we're the first ones to kind of be lazy in school. Are we really being good news to everybody else around me, around us? And, and then if we try to share the good news, what Jesus has done, and we're not good news, I wonder they're saying, do you really believe this yourself? Because if this is so amazing that you're talking about who Jesus is, well, how come this is not so amazing for you? Because your life doesn't really show this. Or here's the other side of it too, is maybe we can understand, okay, I know how to be good news. I know how to live Christ-like. But we stop there and we just hope that someday, some way, somebody might just ask us, you know, you're an awfully awesome person. Why are you so awesome? But how often has that happened to you? And does the Bible tell us we've got to wait until somebody asks us if we're awesome before we share the good news? Oh, you're so awesome. Can you tell me why you're so awesome? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Or do we need to say, we need to marry both of those ideas together, that we need to be good news to share the good news, and we need to do both of those. Remember, the go is not an idea or suggestion. It doesn't, need to, it doesn't even say pray about going. It just says go. Jesus says, go into all the world sharing the good news, proclaiming the good news. Go into your workplace, go into your school. Can you just take a moment, close your eyes? Picture right now if Jesus entered onto your campus or walked into your workplace. What are the things that you're seeing in your mind that Jesus is doing? What's happening to the environment as he's walking in? Think about some of the stories of where Jesus was when he was on earth. Crowds would follow him. He would pray for people. He would bring healing. There would always be joy erupting because somebody's been set free of something. 
He would teach them about the kingdom of God. He would, he would share with them the things that would bring hope and peace and life. All right, open your eyes for a moment. You see, because actually Jesus does go to work with you and Jesus does go to school with you. Do you know that? Let me just uh, share that with you in Galatians 2.20. Just, just in case you didn't realize that Jesus is going to work or to school with you. In Galatians 2.20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, when we come to a place of giving our life to Jesus, we're saying that the old man is gone, the new man has come, and the new man has been resurrected by the very life of Jesus. And so because of that, we are a new creation and it's no longer us. Our old person that lives is Christ who lives in us. So we should be bringing Jesus with us wherever we go. All right, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, if you turn to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, take your Bibles with me if you'll flip over there, Matthew chapter 5. This is, uh, this is Jesus speaking. This is right after he starts his public ministry, after he calls his first disciples. He gives a sermon on the mount, and then he gives this little analogy of salt and light. It says, you are the salt of the earth. And on the count of three, we're going to say, I am the salt of the earth. One, two, three. I am the salt of the earth. I just, how do you do that? Just so you know that you are the salt of the earth. But the, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under people's feet. Then he says, you are the light of the world. On the count of three, he'll say, I'm the light of the world. One, two, three. I am the light of the world. Okay, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it underneath a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? Our Father in heaven. You see, when we're good news, it will actually begin to proclaim how good our Father in heaven is. It is our deeds, it is our life, it is how we engage in our workplaces, in our schools, but I also say, that he does say proclaim or preach. He does say that we need to share, actually verbally share Jesus with others as well. But let's start here about being good news first before we share the good news. He's actually asking us to be salt and light. What does salt do? Salt, why do you salt your food? You want to bring out the flavor, correct? That's why some of you salt. Unless you're on a low-sodium diet, then you don't salt at all. But mostly, anybody, i got to ask one question. Anybody salt their watermelon? Oh, see, this is crazy. There are people do that. I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm just saying that's crazy that somebody would salt their My father-in-law does that. I never saw that before until he did that. But anyway, salt adds, brings out the flavor. 
So think about that. If you, the scripture says you are or should be salt, when you're walking into your school or to your workplace, how can you change the environment by adding some flavor to the day? Real easy. Here's some ideas. How about smiling at people when you go in? There's a, there's a profound idea. A smile goes a long ways in making somebody's day. Changing the environment. Set the mood of your workplace or your school. Rise above the gossip by changing the subject. Plan a lunchtime game. You know, instead of everybody going to their devices and escaping away, guys, let's get together. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. find that one person that's down, come alongside them and, hey, can I take you to lunch today? You see, those simple actions help us to begin to say, I have an awareness of the people that are around me because these people, God loves these people. And if God found me, if Jesus found me and he wants to find them, he wants to use me to help him get to them. That's the way that God works. And so he says, the first way to do this is be salt and light. In other words, change the environment. Add a little flavor to the day. He says, be light. Be light. Jesus, wherever he went, he changed whatever was darkness into light. Now, In many ways, what I'm saying is true. I'm asking you to be like Jesus by going to your workplace. Now, I do have to say, please, please just do not lay hands on your water cooler and turn it to wine. Um, that will, you will have a party on your hands for sure, but your, your boss might not appreciate that. Um, or don't do this. You you get that crazy, uh, coworker or, um, or classmate. Don't go up them and just like, Start pressing on him and like, you got a demon! Get out of him in the name of Jesus! You know, I mean, that's, that's not, first of all, how you do it. Second of all, if you want to like just make everybody think that you're a whack job, do that. But that's not the point of this. The thing is, Jesus loves them and he wants them to flourish in their life. And so he's asking people like you and me, just ordinary people, who are, by the way, are unperfect. We are not perfect. But yet we found Jesus, and he's found us, and we've said yes to him, and we've seen the difference in our lives, the hope, the freedom, the life, the joy, the peace. And yet we've got this good news, and somehow we hold on to it, and we should be sharing it. And he asks us to begin sharing it by first being salt and light. How do we be some light to people? You know, somebody who's going through a difficult time, send them a card of just like, hey, you want to let you know I'm praying with you? Throw a Bible verse on it or not. Just let them know that you're praying for them. Or you know what? Simply this. At lunchtime, just kind of like, hey, I notice you're down today. Do you mind if I pray with you? You give them grace. You ask permission. You don't force yourself on somebody. Can I also say this? Just some, some house rules when you, when you do this. Not so much in school, but definitely in your workplace. Do you understand that your, your boss has hired you to do a job? The way you can be salt and light is to honor 
your boss by doing your job and don't spend all your time talking about Jesus when you should be working? That's a conflicting message to your boss. You should be working so diligently and so hard, and then when you have the opportunity at your breaks or your lunchtime or take somebody out or get to know them, take them for dinner, um, what have you, that you begin to find those opportunities to, to share Jesus in those times. But be appropriate with it. Be appropriate. Salt and light. Salt and light. When Jesus came into an environment, came into a place, the environment always changed. How are you going to bring Jesus into your environment this week? This week. I'm, I'm looking for my worship crew. Is my worship crew around here? There's one of them. Oh, there they are. Thanks. Salt and light. See, you have to be good news to share the good news. So my first question is, are you good news at work or at school? Ask yourself that question. Are you good news? If you're not good news, I would suggest you become good news. (laughs) And the way you can become good news is really, truly this. Say, Holy Spirit, can you help me to live a way that is is representing you well. And by the way, don't try to be fake about it. People can smell fakeness all day long. Just be genuinely you, but but be salt and light. Some easy ones in school. You know how the rumor mills get spread around or even in, in, in workplaces. Just don't participate in those things. You know what happens when there's an environment, all of a sudden somebody gets let go, or there's a few, they're talking about layoffs, and then all of a sudden everybody's a little nervous. Would you give some encouragement in the midst of that and give some hope in the midst of that? You could be used in such a way, but think of it this way. Think that Jesus is walking into the environment because he is. Because Jesus is in us, and he wants to emanate through us in our workplace, and our schools. Be good news so you can share the good news. But listen, you see, be good news so you can share the good news. You, you need to share the good news. This is why we have the training. I do know that somehow we feel awkward about it or somehow we feel insecure about sharing that. I want to give you some confidence. Number one, I want to let you know that people are longing. They're really longing to be connected to their Father in heaven. God has really designed every single one of us to have that hardwired in us. He created us. So you can be confident and assured about that. That there already is this hardwiring in human beings to want to be connected to God. Number two is, if you truly are offering good news, how would you turn down good news? How would somebody turn down this good news? Who wants to be free from the junk of their past? I mean, 
hello, when I was all had all the junk of my past, when somebody offered that to me, I'll be like, hello, who can I give it to? <laughs> and I could be set free. I don't have to carry that burden anymore. No, you don't have to carry that burden anymore. You can be set free from that. Uh, how many people would love to actually have peace that passes understanding? Oh, yeah. Man, I feel like I'm always on this roller coaster. How did I get off the roller coaster? Yeah, let me introduce you to Jesus. Man, how is it that you can have joy when you, you got stuff going on in your life? How can you still have joy? It seems like no matter what gets thrown at you, you're... Your life stays steady. How can that be? Well, it's because, can I tell you? It's, this is, it's only Jesus who does that. I'm not good enough to do that. It's only Jesus who does that. And so I think when you get to that place where you can really just say, hey, can I share with you what Jesus has done in my life? And legitimately share your story. And then just say, you know, Jesus has been looking for you. Can I, can I introduce you to him? And you see, it's not about, hey, join this religion. Hey, you got to go to church. Hey, you got to give some money. Hey, no, it's just like, yeah, we want them connected into community. That's what church does. But that's not the point. The point is, is that these people who are like this broken down castle... That, that people are walking down the doldrums who are depressed in, in this non-vibrant, depressing city. That's what people's lives are. We might be able to put on a facade. People might be able to put on a facade. But that's all it is, is a facade. Because the genuine only happens through Jesus. All right, so here's where the rubber meets the road. First of all, how many people would say, I'm committed to be good news in my workplace, or the grocery store, or my school. I'm committed to be good news. I'm committed to be good news. While I'm looking for a response, okay, so for the rest of you guys who are shy, let's try it one more time. Don't feel peer pressure, but if you're committed, I want to see. I'm committed to be good news. There we go. All right, even the little baby's committed to be good news. The next one is the harder one, because it's the it's the both end. It's, I got to be good news so I can share the good news. There's got to be some sharing of some good news here. And I have to be honest with you. It would be a stretch for me, but God is even speaking to me. As I told you last week, this is easy because you're in church. You obviously want to be here. So it's really easy for me to speak to you about this. But if you began to know how much people actually want to be in these seats, they really do. They just don't know how to get there. Do you realize that Huawei in Boston that came and shared with us uh, last Sunday night? They set up a base in El Salvador. And in this base, um, as they started sharing Jesus with people in the country, the president of the country has now asked them to say, can you please be in every single school, every, every institution in El Salvador, please? And you know Why? It's, a no, it's the presence, not even a Christian. Why? It's because he understands how people's lives will begin to prosper with Jesus. He knows that. And when people's lives begin to prosper, he realizes his country is going to prosper. 
that's why he's doing it. Now, he's doing it for the wrong motivation, but he understands what the end result's going to be. A flourishing life that spills over to a flourishing home, that spills over to a flourishing community, that spills over to a flourishing country. That's what made America great. It's because we said, in God we trust. And people came to Jesus. So my last question is, I'm asking his willingness. Would you be willing to share Jesus in your workplace or your school? Would you be willing? Just raise your hand. Man, that's amazing. So here's the deal. We're going to help you to do that. But we're going to do it in a very natural way where, where nobody's going to get weirded out. Nobody's going to get feeling like, hey, this is some... Somebody's trying to get a notch on their belt. Somebody's trying to, you know, get more people to their church. No, it's just like, I want your life to prosper. I want your life to flourish. So it starts this way. Come back out tonight. We're going to help train you. Monday morning, this is also what I need you to do. I need you to get up a little bit earlier and make sure that you're, you're journaling. Get through God's word. Um, by the way, we have journals out there. If you... If you haven't been journaling for a while or you need a new journal, get, get one of those journals that helps you walk through the Bible reading every day and then you can write what, what God is doing uh, through that scripture, applying it to your life. We've got free Bibles out there at the Info Hub too. If you don't have a Bible, we need to get you a Bible. And then this, spend some time before the Lord praying. Jesus got out early in the morning, he prayed. And this is why he says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing is because he was so connected to the heartbeat of, of his Father. And we need to be connected to the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. So when we show up at work, we're already filled with His Spirit. We have courage. We have a healthy boldness to be able to walk in and say, I'm going to be salt and I'm going to be light. And as the opportunity arises, as a sensitivity of saying, God, what, what are you up to? What are you doing today? that I would be able to share my story with somebody else, that I'd be able to share Jesus with somebody else. I want to say thank you, church. I want to say thank you for being willing to grow. The season that we've been in is this is an amazing growth season. And you're coming along and you're saying yes, not to me, not to a church, but you're saying yes to Jesus. And as a result, I'm seeing your lives are beginning to flourish. I'm seeing that God is working through you. And I'm seeing that God is touching you to touch others. And as a result, we're seeing this stir and this move of God that is transforming people's lives. That will actually transform generations and households. For generation after generation after generation. Until Jesus comes back because of you who have said yes of you who said yes, of you who has said yes. Let's pray and then we're going we're gonna to sing a song. And Father, I thank you so much for this congregation, these people who are, who are eager to be on this journey with you. That all we're doing, Lord, is we're coming into alignment with what your spirit is doing. 
And we're just trying to say yes to you along the way. And that for me, Lord, I'm just trying to help guide and, and, and instruct and point the right direction, God, that, that we can equip this body to, to be able to do the things that you want done. Father, it's such a challenge for us to respond to this really command to say, go, go into all the world, go into our workplace, go into our school and proclaim the gospel, share the story of Jesus. The good news of what Jesus has done for us. Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing in New England, but what you're doing around the globe. It's a new day, and God, you're stirring some new things, and it's amazing. It's amazing. And if there's anybody here right now that would say, you know, I'm here, but I don't, I don't even know Jesus. I'm here because a friend invited me, or I just showed up for the first time, and I don't even know Jesus yet. I'm unsure if I have this relationship with him. I'm unsure what it means to be saved. I'm unsure about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Would you just slip up your hand? If you want to know Jesus, slip up your hand right now just so I can pray with you real quick. Slip up your hand. Anybody here? All right, just one more, one more minute. Anybody here wants to receive Jesus today? Okay, perfect. So Lord... As we sing this song in closing, we first want to say thank you for how you found us. Broken, a wretch, yet you came close and saved us. Thank you. Would you just take a moment to say thank you to him right now? Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Thank you. But God, I pray that this week we would have the courage to reach out and be good news and share the good news. Be good news and so we can share the good news this week. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 